With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome in to the Boys and Girl Podcast with Cowboys NFL Network reporter Jane Slater and NFL Network producer Bobby Belt. A Cowboys community with the inside scoop on the Dallas Cowboys. Now, coming straight to you from the Lone Star State, here's Jane and Bobby. Well, after what was a longer hiatus than Bobby Belt and I expected, we are back and excited to be talking to you about training camp. And I am literally coming right off of the practice field here in Oxnard. And Bobby, we talked a lot about vaccinations today, and vaccinations are what held you up from being my right-hand man in camp, for those wondering. Yes, yeah. No, it wasn't a uh, decision not to get it. I'm still just waiting on the second. I got held up logistically, and so it didn't time out right, and I'm frustrated, but... Uh, you know, Jane's there kicking ass and uh, beautiful mood lighting there. I don't know what you're doing with the lighting in that room, but it looks great. You've really got it set up good. You know, it's my days in local TV, Bobby, for those that aren't watching on YouTube. I've got us backlit back here and, you know, trying to do the best I can to make my uh, my hotel here in Oxnard feel like a video set. But as I said to you, we haven't done a podcast in a while. Quite frankly, we didn't have a lot to talk about. Uh, I think you and I felt the same way a lot of people felt after last season, just sort of exhausted. Uh, the way we do business, the way they do business, the, you know, the countless amount of injuries and setbacks and you know, the death of Marcus Paul. I mean, it just seems like, and I've said this over and over, Murphy's Law, anything that could go wrong did. And so I think you and I just felt like we needed to walk away a bit come back fresh. And today at the presser, running into the media, Jerry, Stephen, Mike McCarthy showing up with shades and a fresh, <laughs> fresh beard cut. It almost felt like uh, they cleaned him up for a second year. Like he felt like he was a Dallas Cowboys head coach. So it look, you never know what the season's going to look like. I mean, we were talking about this team last year. They were poised to make a run. Super Bowl winning coach, Dak Prescott, this offensive line. They've got CeeDee Lamb and all the spoils and these all these free agents that came to Dallas because of Mike McCarthy, and it blew up in their face. And I think I appreciate uh, the honesty. They weren't exactly selling us rainbows this year. I, I think they wanted to manage expectations, and I think that's good. 
Uh, even Jerry admitted he's naive. He's got to be, got emotional as he talked about that. Uh, but Mike McCarthy was almost level setting when he said, look, it takes time to build this thing. And he did say, and I agree, they finally have a defensive line that matches their offensive line in terms of how big they are and how strong they are up front. Yeah, and that'll be one of the things I'm really interested to see about camp is, you know, we we heard about how much Dan Quinn, and we all know this, how much he likes length, and that's a big thing that they talked about leading up to the draft and then here in training camp already is, well, we've gotten so much longer on defense and particularly on the defensive line. And so I just wonder how that maybe is going to work for a guy who's a little bit of a shorter player and who struggled last year, like Neville Gallimore. Like, is Neville Gallimore a guy that's going to be on the bubble, even though he's a, you know, two years removed from being a third-round pick or a year removed from being a third-round pick? Um, he wasn't necessarily Dan Quinn's pick, and he doesn't necessarily fit Dan Quinn's measurables. And and how does Tristan Hill fit into this? And uh, Bradley and I, a guy who um, a lot of fans were excited to see last year who got picked in the fifth round and, and was somebody that people thought could impact the game. He's on the smaller side. So I just wonder how some of these smaller defensive linemen, if they're going to survive this camp with Dan Quinn. But uh, there there certainly was a lot that they touched on. And, uh, you know, specifically when we talk about the changes on defense, Steven even acknowledging uh, at one point saying that, you know, this is, you'd be naive to say it was just injuries. And, and you can't just say it was injuries last year. Otherwise, we wouldn't have made changes to the defensive coaching staff and basically drafted it in, you know, all defensive players. So I thought it was a you know, at times an optimistic press conference as Jerry tends to be. But I mean, I, I feel like it was a much more sobering and realistic one with Mike McCarthy talking about last year was really difficult. And, uh, you know, everybody's talking about the challenges that they faced. And so I, I do think that there was a lot more realism at this year's state of the union address than there typically is from the Cowboys. And there has to be right when you go six and 10 uh, and you've had the myriad of amount of injuries and you had this new coach that, you're supposed to win in spite of these things. I mean, we certainly saw teams do it last year. When you look at Cleveland, when you look at, you know, even the saints at times when they didn't have drew Brees and they had to put in, you know, Taysom Hill. And so when I look at some of those other teams, I don't think they're necessarily looking for excuses, which I appreciate. Uh, you know, I also, you know, I, I kind of touched with Mike McCarthy on, you know, he said, you know, we reached a lot of the targets that we were looking for. When I asked him to explain what those targets were, Bobby, you know, he talked about the buy-in of this team, this buy-in, this offseason and having those guys there. And he said some of his targets were, you know, participation. Mm -hmm. And he said the last five weeks since they broke mini camps and OTAs, the buy-in has been incredible. Um, they did a significantly better job virtually. Uh, it felt like, and even Mike McCarthy admitted at points last year, it was something he absolutely hated. And so I think when you were trying to change that defensive scheme, a lot of the players, we heard Leighton Vanderesh say it uh, during many camps and OTAs, it wasn't that the scheme was hard, it was implementing the scheme. And even they said they tried to do too much too soon on that front. Mike McCarthy also touched on the fact that they were able to get in all of their installs. And I couldn't figure out if he's, I, I want to say he said virtually all 80 installs. Does that make sense? Is that? I don't, the amount of installs? I don't remember that reference specifically. I'd have to go back and listen to it. But I mean, I was like, are we talking eight or eight? Here, here's, uh, here's the thing. As much as we always used to complain about Jason Garrett being cagey and like short on details, Mike McCarthy has taken that to a whole new level. So I'm not certain that even whatever he said, even if we could go back and listen to exactly what he said, it probably wouldn't make a ton of sense. And I think that's on purpose. Well, listen, I do think, you know, when I, I talked to some of these other teams that didn't have, you know, the total buy-in for some of the OTAs, you know, I was even questioning, okay, you're getting the opportunity to get back around each other. 
why not seize it? Well, the Cowboys certainly did. I mean, we talked to a lot of these players and I had asked at one point, did anyone push back? And I was told the participation was everyone was on board. They were trying to build something here. And as a result of that, I was told training camp's going to be about reviewing those installs. It's going to be about game management. You know, as Mike McCarthy said, in a lot of ways, this feels like the first year. And it will certainly be that way for guys like CeeDee Lamb, who didn't get to come to training camp in Oxnard and have the experience that, say, the rookies like Micah Parsons and those guys will. So he said those are going to be the things that they're going to focus on. And then the biggest thing I thought that stood out to me, he said, even with a young quarterback when he had Aaron Rodgers, was situational football. And also the fact that they needed to work on complimentary, complimentary football. They weren't playing that last year. So I got the sense that, it was a tough season for Mike McCarthy, but they went back to the drawing board pretty quick. They made immediate and swift changes on defense. We talked about this when the season was over. I can't remember a time where they literally said goodbye to defensive coordinator or an offensive coordinator for that matter after one season. They might have been demoted. I mean, you and I kicked around Monty Kiffin, yeah. uh, but we haven't seen them say goodbye. And the thing that stood out the most to me about Dan Quinn's hiring you don't have to ask these players to tell you about Dan Quinn. They tell you about Dan Quinn. There yeah. seems to be a genuine excitement around what he is bringing to the table, the way that he gets these guys going, the way he gets them to buy in, moving guys like Leighton Vanderesh, who seemed hyper excited about the fact that he's moving back to that will position that he felt more natural at. The fact that you've got a guy like Micah Parsons, who we might see, involved in some of the pass rush yeah. um, and then seeing guys like George Edwards working out with the linebackers more. When I talked to Harrison Smith at pro bowl about George Edwards, those guys felt his loss. And if you looked at the defense last year, they felt lost without George Edwards. So I think there's some signs of life, but I'm going to be like Jerry and Mike McCarthy and Steven here. I'm going to manage my expectations because even if they were to make a run, there's still that team in the NFC South who didn't lose one piece. They just added through the draft, and that's Tom Brady and the Bucks. And you're going to have to get through them as long as Tom Brady decides to keep playing football. You're going to have to get through them in week one, right out of the gate. You're going to have to right. test yourself against them. I do think it's funny. You, you kind of reference this. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
there was the, you know, Mike McCarthy talking about, well, this is kind of like year one, actually, because, you know, we were doing all the virtual stuff. This is kind of the first year for us to do this. And, you know, he made the point of saying like, well, you know, when we get out there to those practices, I don't expect them to look perfect. It's almost like there's kind of this little couching, like McCarthy saying like, hey, y'all need to just forget about last year. I deserve, I, I should get a reset over here. I thought that was funny. I, I don't know if I'd say damage control, but I do think that he was owning up to, there were a lot of challenges for me through that way of 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 operating and that way of coaching and this is more you're going to finally see me like the way I can coach is is through this way this isn't the way that I do it and so I do feel like Mike McCarthy took this as an opportunity which this is only the what third or fourth time he's sat in front of the media face to face I mean I mean it's not been many times so I, I feel like this was his chance to kind of speak directly to some of the criticism that came last year and not you know, totally brush it off, but say, look, those were different circumstances. I, I think you need to judge me now based off of how I coach in, in this setting here. I'm hoping he gives me a reset today too. Uh, you know, I, I had asked him about a postmortem with Ezekiel Elliott given last season, you know, and he, he didn't like postmortem. He wanted me to use exit interview. So here's what I'll give Mike McCarthy on his exit interview after last season. I do believe you've got to give him another year to give a full analysis of what he is capable of. Of course, he's got Green Bay staring at him in the back. That didn't end well. Last year was a disaster. I mean, it was a disaster any way you want to look at it. Um, But I do think like jobs that I've had, you know, when I joined uh, Longhorn Network, I started after the season had already gotten underway. And it's like, you think you know what you're getting into at ESPN. And I went up there for rookie minicamp and it was so exciting, but no one really told me what I was, expecting from what I had done on the sidelines locally to what's expected at that level. And it wasn't my best season. Uh, In fact, at the end of that season, I'll never forget, we had a consultant at ESPN that came in and questioned whether I even knew sports, swear to God. (laughs) And the consultant was from Dallas and said he was shocked when he was asked to come in and talk with me about my sports knowledge because he listened to my sports talk show when I was in Dallas. And so I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder after that year. And so I just felt like, you know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He deserves a reset. And he's added, you know, some other piece. He bought Scott McCurley with them from the Green Bay Packers to help with the linebacker group and ran into Ben McAdoo today. Everyone wants to know what Ben McAdoo is. How's his hair look? How's his hair these days? He's he's trimmed up. At first, I didn't recognize him, Bobby. Is he, does he still have the, uh, like, like the, the parted down the middle look or, or is he looked it... clean? He looked like he had just gotten done working out. Uh, and it's my understanding. He's going to help Mike out, you know, with the offense and be an, an extra set of eyes, so to speak. Um, we didn't get into any real football talk, but he did remind me that these two have worked together in several spots. And yep. so, you know, Mike, I think is finally getting a team around him. Cause keep in mind, he had a lot of, staff holdover at least a few guys uh from jason garrett's but he's slowly but surely been bringing more guys around him and i think this draft was a lot more reflective of both what he and dan quinn want uh from this roster yeah and i you know you just hope that and and this is not something that we can you know you got to give him a fair chance but you just hope that these the ben mcadoo type of hire the scott mccurley hire where it's it's not something where a lot of people were critical of the mike nolan hire where it's you went out and hired your buddy and and you didn't get the best man for the job. And and so I think that it's fair to wonder if, you know, Ben McAdoo is somebody that can come in and help and, and be a helper. Is it, 
an issue of surrounding with yes men. And I think that it's fair to ask that of Mike McCarthy is, are you actually putting the right people in place or, or are you doing favors? Were you out of the league for that gap? And, and you lost too much time to know who are the good up and coming coaches that you can go out there and hire. Um, ben McAdoo, obviously somebody who was a, you know, desired coach at one point and was hired by the giants to be a head coach. So he's got a track record as a good assistant. Um, you just hope that they don't make the same sort of mistakes that they did with Mike Nolan last year. And I think that, Mike McCarthy even kind of tacitly acknowledged today that, you know, we had to make some changes in the coaching staff and Mike Nolan's a good friend of his, somebody who gave him a job when he was a head coach. And so um, I, I think that it's, it's big that Mike McCarthy was able to recognize that. And you hope that he's going forward with that same sort of mindset about these other hires. And let's be honest. While I haven't unpacked everything that I was told about uh, what happened last season, there were a lot of players to blame too. Sure. a lot of in like locker room fighting. I think it, it hurt. They weren't able to build the chemistry that they typically will, you know, at camp or participating in OTAs and training camp. You've got a new staff. So there's going to be teachers pets uh, for the guys that have brought them in. And when you've got a nucleus in, in Dallas that a lot of them are homegrown, they typically don't bring in a lot of impactful outside free agents. I think it was all just trying to do too much. And again, I've equated this to like the pH balance in the pool. It just was off. So I think for Cowboy fans, for those of us in the media, you know, we're looking forward to, you know, hitting the reset button. And for Jerry, being one of five teams that decided to take, you know, this show on the road and go to training camp, it comes with scrutiny. It comes with challenges. Uh, we've even been told, like, things are going to evolve as we're here. The way we operate here is so different. Um, but kudos to Jerry, because I got to tell you, when we did the presser with Dak Prescott, Jerry Jones and the Cowboys were one of the first to put the media all together, albeit socially distanced, uh, in a room for that presser. And it was then that he told us he was going to training camp. Yeah. We're going to have fans in the stands this year. And I, I loved the optimism. And I've seen him, you know, we've talked about this before. Starring Frisco, it was an idea that he had. And from idea to conception, took him three years. I mean, he's almost like Walt Disney in that sense. Like, he's a true Imagineer. And when I used to have him on uh, the fan on, on 105.3, you know, he talked about, you know, having a notepad by his bed at night in his truck. Like the guy is always thinking, moving, what can we do next? And so love him or hate him. I know so many fans today when he said I would do anything, you know, to win a Super Bowl. And I believe that short of naming a GM, something that he has not done since he has been the owner uh, of this team. This is a guy that wants to win. This is a guy that's hyper-focused on winning a Super Bowl and bringing the championship back to Dallas. And I think that's something you have to respect about Jerry. Yeah, and I, I think one benefit that they have heading into this year that isn't talked about, you know, David Hellman had a tweet today that I, I don't remember the exact specifics of it, but he said, no DAC contract question, nothing else. This is about the most boring state of the union we've ever walked into in, in huh. a long time. And when you think back on it, you know, there was the Dak question heading into last year, like Dave references, there was the Zeke holdout heading into the off or the training camp before that. Um, there's been questions about, you know, you know, 2018 was the first uh, training camp without Des Bryant and, and Des had, you know, tweeted out some stuff that then Travis Frederick and Sean Lee were having to answer after like the first practice. And uh, that was when the Stephen Jones quote got a little taken out of context from the Sirius XM interview. And so you go into all these things or you have the, all these issues that have been going on heading into these off seasons or heading into these training camps that 
this they do have the benefit of the least amount of questions they've ever faced heading into camp. I feel like in terms of off the field questions or, or, or peripheral issues, there there is no head coaching question in terms of new guy in here or is this guy getting fired? I don't think anybody feels like McCarthy's on the hot seat the way Garrett was heading into his last couple training camps. Um, and, and there's none of these lingering contract questions anymore. They've pretty much got everybody sewn up that they need to. And so this is the first camp that can kind of do football. I disagree. It's almost like we've gotten so greedy here in Dallas that you need those flashy headlines. But I feel like there's more questions and answers heading into the season. Do they have the right head coach in Mike McCarthy? I absolutely believe they've given him all the staff that they want around him, all these extra consultants that we haven't typically seen with other head coaches. Um, I feel like they protected him in a lot of ways last year. They didn't throw him under the bus. Um, when we look at this draft and some of the players and the departures of some of the free agents, that's also got his footprint on it. So that's one question I have. My other question is what's the future look like for Leighton Vanderish and Jalen Smith? What does the future look like for Zeke? What does the future look like for Amari Cooper? Uh, a lot of those questions are going to be addressed this year. Um, I mean, when I looked at the list of all these injured players last year, Dak Prescott went down, mm-hmm. tight end Blake Jarwin. Your guard, Zach Martin, Both tackle tackles. Tyron Smith, Lau Collins, your defensive tackle, Tristan Hill, linebacker, Leighton Vanderesh, and then your two corners, Trayvon Diggs and, and Anthony Brown. That's just. Oh, that's yeah, that, that's unreal. not even that's not even including the long stretches. Vanderesh, Sean Lee, Tyrone Crawford, all those guys were missing. And so um, they, they certainly were. And I don't mean the sense that, yeah, of course, everybody's wondering, is Mike McCarthy the right guy? But I mean, it's not the same question as you know, the Jason Garrett issue was when it was like, you're heading into the last year of your contract and, and, and those sorts of questions. And I mean, there, there's more stability in terms of on the offensive coaching group that Dak is heading into this off season. I, I mean, I think I'd have to go back. I, I think this is the first time since his second year that he hasn't, that he's going into the, a training camp, a consecutive training camp with the same quarterback coach, offensive coordinator and head coach. Um, Cause there were all those changes of Linehan and Kitna and Wade Wilson and, and Kellen Moore. And so, these changes have been going on for Dak. And so this is the most stability he's had. Um, and, and so I do know that, you, you know, we've always heard Jerry talk about continuity and how big continuity is to him. Um, I think that there is a stronger amount of continuity heading into this off season, And there is not the big question of contract that there has been with Zeke and Dak that seem to distract so many people and so many players that I, I just, not that they have no questions, but I think some of those big overarching questions that seem to, be distracting at times are now out of the way at least they're, they're different questions but it's it's not the same intensity and and you know white hot spotlight on some of these contract questions one well, look the cowboys have to be very careful here uh i think growing up in the 90s when you looked at you know the options you had to catch games america's team was always on mm-hmm. we didn't have fantasy football uh, but there have been plenty of other teams that have emerged in recent years and then when you look at this team who hasn't seen uh the division championship since 1996. There's only two other teams in the NFC who have also not made a return. You've got to be careful about how relevant are you as an organization? I think they're always going to be relevant because the star it's iconic, the brand, but in terms of wanting people, you know, we talk about like, who are the big names on this team anymore? You know, who are the, the bright stars? That's why the, the DAC signing was so important. And I do believe what you get with DAC is, he feels respected thanks to the contract. 
-hmm. And I do feel like he authentically thinks this is his team. And I think you're going to see a couple of other guys feeling like they can now step up, you know, as leaders, because remember, this was an aging team. And then in 2016, when I came in, that's when you saw the departures of all those guys, DeMarco Murray, Tony, Tony Rono, they were out. And then when we finally saw Jason Witten and now Sean Lee gone, this is now them turning the page. This is a different iteration. This is a different decade sort of team. And you sort of feel like it's finally gelling together. Some of these veteran leaders, will Randy Gregory step up and be more vocal the way that he said he would during minicamp and OTA? So look, I agree with them when they think that there's reasons to be optimistic, but I do believe it all begins with the health of Dak. I mean, he started 69 games prior nice. to that injury. Nice. I mean, even this team before he got hurt, when I was looking at, you know, some of the numbers, they had one of the top five offenses. I mean, it's second, uh, let's see, he was averaging 371.2 passing yards per game. That was the highest in NFL history, 99.6 passer rating uh, before the injury. And he was averaging 44.4 points per game. And then when you look at what, all your wide receivers were accomplishing amongst the three. And then if you get Ezekiel Elliott back to the form he was two seasons ago, this could be something special, but you just can't go through the onslaught of injuries that you dealt with last year. Well, and the defense has to be better. And then they cannot be worse. They were the worst defense in franchise history last year. They were terrible. Um, but to that point, you're talking about all this changeover that's taken place and you see all these Long tenured guys going out. I've I've got a trivia question for you. Do you know who is the second longest tenured member of the Cowboys defense right now? Ooh. Second longest Anthony Brown? Randy Gregory. Well, and what's crazy Demarcus is Demarcus Lawrence us, is the longest. So Tyrone Crawford, crazy. Sean Lee, Barry Church, these guys have exited over the last few years. It's now Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory are the old vets on that defense. Which is crazy to me too, because he said uh you know, right as we were wrapping up minicamp, this is only his second mini. This was only a second minicamp, his second off season with this team since yeah. his rookie year. I even asked Jerry about Randy Gregory. This might be an interesting time to play that clip yeah. about Randy Gregory. And he brought up a really great point as we talk about Randy Gregory, not ever a distraction for them off the field. And there is absolutely an upside to him if he can get this thing all together this year. Given your investment in him over the last couple of years, does he seem a little bit more like he's bought in this offseason? He felt a little bit more clear of mind in minicamp. What stands out about him? <clears throat> well, uh, Randy, uh, I have been really impressed uh, by the way he's uh, stayed the course. Uh, with legitimate life challenges and uh, he uh, uh, addresses them uh, exemplary uh, he uh, has to fight uh, the the kinds of things that make those challenges for people he has to fight that and the I'm seeing him take the uh, logic and the mentality of using what he's been through there and I'm seeing it bring it over to his game and bring it over to his uh, the, being the professional uh, that uh, he potentially might have a chance to be. Uh, he's got a lot of tread left on his tire. He hasn't, he really hasn't, if you think about it, uh, he hasn't had a lot of wear and tear relative to as uh, many years as he's now been with the Cowboys. I'm, I'm that. I like that. That's always excited me that it's uh, even as we speak today, it's the uh, what's out ahead of him that excites me the most. 
uh, I uh, believe that the structure that we now have in the NFL uh, as a part of this new our new labor uh, agreement relative to how we handle with players, we being the teams in the league, how we handle the players uh, it really helps Randy. And so that uh, uh, that helps him have a plan that uh, is realistic for him and uh, will be realistic for others too. It's not called the Randy Gregory plan at all, but it is absolutely uh, 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 complements what Randy needs to be operating in. And of course, uh, uh, he has a great way with his teammates. He's not an issue. Uh, he, as far as issues as a teammate or a player, uh, he would be at the top 5% of not having issues. Uh, so all of those things give me a, a, a lot of optimism. And then uh, we've never questioned his talent and his uniqueness. And uh, so uh, I look forward to uh, him buoyed by his confidence level. I look forward to him really having a big year. Was, was there a time where you thought it may not work with Randy, and what did he show you throughout that sort of time period that existed? Well, we kept talking and we kept trying. And uh, 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 that's 99% of it in my mind almost about most things. We just didn't quit. And uh, he had, uh, when I say we, I'm talking about Randy. And uh, we just we just didn't quit. He's always been uh, worth, in terms of uh, just being a person, he's been worth the extra, uh, if you will, uh, investment of time, interest, uh, everything that comes with uh, uh, building a, a roster. Uh, the next question is, I've never seen any time when he was a takeaway from being involved with the team. Not one time. Now you say, well, boy, you'd like to have him out there sacking somebody uh, right uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, if that's a takeaway, that is a takeaway. But uh, certainly he, he uh, kept it at a level that, frankly, he had a lot of experts that would uh, basically attest to uh, Randy needs a different system. And so he's uh, he's he's uh, uh, he's all right. I'm just telling you, when I listen to Randy Gregory, and I know you've got a great relationship with him as well. The thing that used to just I felt for him. He once said to me, people just want to see me fail. And I just couldn't understand that negative thinking. Right. Like, I don't deal with the demons that he deals with. He was of such clear mind, of such clear focus. And yeah. he said to us, he doesn't want us talking about that narrative anymore. He wants to move on from that. I want to move on from it too. And I'm sure Jerry does and, and everyone else. And I'm sure he'd like to have a real contract finally. Yeah. And I know I, he's got bills to pay. I, I think that what you saw at that minicamp press conference when, uh, you know, he was uh, so charismatic and, and people could see what a great guy is. You see what the Cowboys have seen behind the scenes and why they've stayed invested in him outside of just the talent, why they're willing to put up with some of the growing pains that they weren't willing to put up with David Irving, even though they're both massively talented. I didn't always buy in just being candid here to what David would describe as his problems. It felt very calculated there, there were and, people in the organization who didn't buy in either. Right. Uh, you're and not alone I, in that. 
Right. And so with Randy Gregory, I, I do feel like it's authentic. I do feel like he's done the work. And look, again, going back to Jerry, say what you want about him. He's loyal to people to a fault. In fact, today, sort of taking you behind the scenes, Clarence Hill and I were kind of in the doghouse of Jerry last year. <laughs> no secret. Yeah. I, I think everybody a... on Twitter knew you were in the doghouse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm hoping to get out of there. You know, like I, I read this interview once. It was Jennifer Garner talking about Ben Affleck and her and head of their divorce. And she talked about him being the most charismatic guy in the room. And when he, when he, when he shines on you brightly, it feels great. But when he turns cold on you, it's tough in the shadows. I mean, it's kind of how it felt last year with Jerry. Uh, but today there was like a spring in a step. Like he wanted to turn the page too. And I thought there was this really great moment. Clarence Hill of the Fort Worth Star Telegram lost his mother. And this guy last year was taking care of his dad, his mother, his two daughters, broke my heart for him. And Jerry, apparently Clarence told me this. I don't think he'll mind me sharing this. If you were watching the presser, some people saw before Jerry goes up the stage, he walks up, he says hi to Christy, uh, makes note of Mike Ducey and, and he hugs Clarence. And apparently he sent flowers to Clarence's mom's funeral and basically sent him his condolences. And so Jerry's always watching. He's always reading. Uh, he's tapped into people like that. And I think that's what you have to appreciate about him. And I got to tell you, I've seen him get emotional. I mean, every time we do, what is it? The, uh, the Cowboys are going to kill me if I misquote this. What is it? They're something farms deal that they do. Oh, Happy Hill Farms. Happy Hill Farms. Yep. Jerry has literally told the story about how he acquired the team and Gene letting him sell the Cadillac and gets emotional when he thanks her and, you know, bless the matriarch Gene. But it's always like the tears on cue. And I'm always like, ah, here it comes. Today it felt different. Oh, and I want you to times. listen to one of these. I want you to listen to one of these clips uh, of him sort of talking about the season and you'll get what I'm talking about. I've had a lot of people tell me you're naive and or say that he's naive. Well, it's a beautiful world. It's a better world to be naive than to be uh, skeptical and be uh, negative all the time. And so uh, I do my best work, I think, uh, when it's more positive. And so I need it to be uh, promising, and I need us to uh, have a way to go. That causes me to do stupid things, or it causes me to do excessive things that sometimes really work. And uh, that's been the way I played the cards. In the past that you paid these deals with the devil to win these Super Bowls. When things just kept working against you guys last year, did you feel like he was cashing in? And how anxious are you to get to Thursday Night Football and put last year behind you? Well, I found that uh, 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 that uh, he's not quite as responsive to one's individual ask as you might think. And I'm not uh, trying to be sacrilegious here, but uh, uh, the facts are that uh, uh, I would right now, if I could, and I knew had a good chance to do it, I'd do anything known to man to get in a Super Bowl. That's a fact. And uh, uh, there's, uh, uh, there's nothing in my mind that can uh, uh, have a higher priority than that. You know, people always ask, is the window closing for this team? Of course, it, the window's closing every year for this team. But, you know, Jerry's turning 79 in October. 
he's not getting any younger. And I hate to say that, you know, nobody wants to talk about father time. I certainly don't like to be reminded of my age, Bobby, but how old are you? 28, 28. Exactly. We're going to stay with that. At bed, three, six, five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You tend to forget Jerry's age because he has the energy and enthusiasm uh, of a person half his age stories that I can't share on air, but I'm fascinated with it. This felt very reflective. Uh, It was almost like the hourglass. He felt like the sand was running out. I I don't know how else to describe it. Again, I'm not trying to be dramatic here. I was second row. I saw the tears. I saw him getting choked up. It he's always an emotional guy, but this, it felt different. Maybe it's because he got the ball taken away from him last year. He wasn't talking to the media like he used to. I feel like he gets it. He's like Tinkerbell. Like he lives for the applause, right? Like he, yep. he gets his superpower, his, his charisma and his energy. But it, it it felt not even urgent. It was almost like reflective, bittersweet. And then here's another story to support that argument where he talks about Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer and almost regrets, Bobby. When I look back at the time that we got to enjoy and what happened to us during that time, uh, I uh, uh, go back to uh, uh, what Barry Switzer said. Barry Switzer came in the uh, the office and uh, Jimmy had just left. And so Barry came down from Norman, Oklahoma to talk about getting the job. And he comes in and he said, where's Jimmy? Now Barry had coached us both. He said, where's Jimmy? And I said, Jimmy's gone. He said, well, that's not right. Get him, get him in here. I said, where's Jimmy? I said, Barry, Jimmy's gone. We're sitting here talking about you being the coach. I said, what in the world are you so anxious to talk to Jimmy about? He said, I just wanted to get both you little assholes on this couch and ask you both, how could you fuck this up? <laughs> that was Switzer. <laughs> I don't know what. Can you think about how, how you could do that now? I mean, 
football. Well, I just think of those great times. And Jimmy's great coach, great coach, and uh, uh, ridiculous uh, that uh, uh, my role here was my job to keep it together. It was my job. It should have deference, should have had deference to something that was working good. So those are the things that come to my mind. We had a great run of it. Uh, he's a great coach, and I'm uh, proud to have him as a friend and proud to have had the times that we had. We, we, uh, we just had a great experience. Can you answer Switch's question now? What? Do you think you can answer Barry's question now? I've never, I've never been able to know why uh, I fucked it up. That, not just that, but anything else. <laughs> No, I can't answer those questions. Would Jimmy go to Ring of Honor this year? You know, I don't want to do anything that takes away from this year. You know, he'll have a year, provided everything goes good. He'll have a year uh, that we also honor his Hall of Fame, and it will be this year. Uh, in the in, during the season at some time, David Baker will come down. So we don't want to do anything uh, uh, that uh, uh, makes that happen. Uh, I'm excited. Actually, uh, uh, I uh, was the one that uh, that with David Baker when Jimmy was uh, uh, put in the the hall there two years ago or last year, not this year, but a year ago. Uh, I said, look, the Cowboys need to play in the Hall of Fame game, and he agreed, and he wanted that to be done. That was a condition. Well, when they canceled the game last year, uh, David said the first thing he did was call and say before, not that it's a condition because we need to cancel it anyway, but will you commit to play the, the next year? So really, we've been standing there waiting to play this game relative to this time when they come in the uh, ring of honor. And of course, we've got two other absolutely great Dallas Cowboy players going in up there, too. So it's really propitious that we've got that uh, uh, that we've got that game. Do you do plan to put Jimmy in the ring of honor at some point? Let's don't let uh, knock all the fun off out of it now, of course he's not talking about the ring of honor i respect it because he says he doesn't want to take away from you know the hall of fame but to admit that he effed up i loved that he dropped the f-bombs it's one of my favorite words i mean i literally can use it as a <laughs> verb adjective now and i have to catch myself so i don't say it on on air but i don't think there's any fan from the 90s that would disagree with him but for him to admit that and to be able to say, like, he still can't figure out why he effed it up. I thought it was fascinating. I feel like that's the most direct responsibility he's taken for the breakup. I mean, not that he hasn't taken any in the past, but I think he's always, um, I remember him giving an interview, I think it was to Fox a couple of years ago, where he had uh, referenced that, you know, it was about respect and 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 loyalty and being disloyal, and, and you just can't let disloyalty go by. And, and, and there was just still some... Uh, pushing off of responsibility. And I think that it's not fair to say it was all Jerry. Um, there were, you talked to a lot of people who were around the organization at that time who are not Jerry loyalists or anything. They're just neutral parties. And they'll tell you that Jimmy had a big hand in that divorce and, and how ugly it got. Um, but I do think that, yeah, you're, you're starting to see a more reflective Jerry Jones here and, and it's getting so far away um, from those memories being a, a day-to-day reality for him that I think he's, you know, as, as people tend to do as they, as they age a little bit, they start 
doing a lot more looking on the inside and, and what their responsibility is and, and feeling remorse for that. Not necessarily that remorse is the best word, but he, he definitely seems to take a lot of the, the blame for that breaking up. I got to tell you, I actually found myself at one point during the presser thinking to myself, I don't want to envision covering this team when Jerry's not leading that state of the Cowboys address. No. It'll be different. Uh, when I think of this league, I don't think we'd be traveling on the road or necessarily have fans in the stands if it wasn't for Jerry. I don't think SoFi Stadium would be here in LA and there would be two teams if it wasn't for Jerry. I don't think the contracts, the Cowboys, uh, Jerry Jones rather was 1000%, I'm sure a part of, would be doled out the way that he has literally made this league profitable. We, you, you don't have the Nike partnerships that they have without Jerry. You don't have... Uh, you probably, if you may not have a season at all last year without Jerry, you definitely don't have a 16 game season last year without Jerry. Jerry did a lot of the work behind the scenes to make sure there was a football season last year. And I think that's also why last year, where does he find the time between the brand endorsements, the star and Frisco, we talked about this before on the show, when he goes to events, he knows the names of people and sure rich Dalrymple, I'm sure helps him and preps him on some level, but. I mean, hell, I can't remember half people's names that I've met last week. I, I, I bet, literally find him fascinating. I bet, I bet he does similar tricks to, uh, I think I've told you this off the air before. I don't think I've ever told you on the air. Have you ever heard uh, Ronald Reagan's old chocolate cake trick? No. Ronald Reagan used to at, tell his staff anytime they were traveling on Air Force One to have a chocolate cake on there. So they would have a chocolate cake and... For a long time, people just thought like he just brings a chocolate cake and then he doesn't eat it. Why is that? The reason why he did that is because when they would land in another country and they were talking to a foreign leader, if he found out from somebody, oh, it's the foreign leader's birthday today, he would go, oh, yeah, you think I forgot about you? Go get the cake. And he'd bring the cake out and he didn't remember it was their birthday, but he'd always have the chocolate. I feel like that's how Jerry kind of operates in, in his space because he just he must have several tricks up his sleeve to, to stay abreast because, as you mentioned, the the thing with Clarence and, and you hear so many stories from people who not even just players and staff or you hear st- stories, you know, from people who have worked at the stadium for years about Jerry being nice to them and doing things for them and knowing what's going on in their world. Um, and it's, it's going to be as reflective as he's getting um, and not necessarily like a father time drawing out on thing. It may be a thing where he's just realizing it's about time to step away from day to day operations or something. It's going to be, not, it's, we've talked about secession, the show, it, it's good. There's it, no way it's going to be a much more depressing. It, it's going to be a less fun NFL. It's going to be a less fun Dallas Cowboys when Jerry Jones is not involved in the day-to-day operations anymore. I agree. I don't want to think about it. And literally today I found myself sort of thinking about that and look, I'm not trying to put you in the ground, Jerry, or, or write your eulogy because if there's anyone that I'm not counting out, it is certainly that guy. It's just I found myself thinking, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be different, uh, and then we'll see. Is it Stephen Jones or Charlotte Jones who takes the reins? That'll be the next interesting thing. Uh, just going back to this podcast, we know that we have been sort of taking time off. We're excited to be getting more regular again. We're excited for a new season. So we appreciate those of you that have hung out with us, who have stayed loyal to us. In fact, my producer today said he went to go download one of our episodes to prep for camp and they weren't there. We haven't had them for a while. It's been a bit. But we hope you know that when we come to you, we want to make sure that we've got good content. We've got good analysis. We've got good insight. And it's been a hot minute since I've seen you, Bobby. 
are you channeling Pat McAfee? Again, for those of you that are not watching I know, on yeah. our YouTube channel, he's literally gone Bill Belichick sleeveless you, hoodie. Look, he's look, wearing this really look like at that tan line. I mean, I, I kind of love it. It's like you're, uh, you're, you're well, rocking well, like well, the California, sh- like flat bill. Shout out, hat. shout out to our long time buddies, uh, Ben Rogers and Jeff Skinwade. Uh, this is their brewery. They open in Salina, Texas, Rollertown brewery. So that's just, uh, supporting the fam there. Um, which I, I guess I'll tell you now, I, I may have said, uh, told Ben and skin like, Hey, we'll, we'll make sure to record one of our podcasts out there sometime. So you may have to drive to Salina at some point. Uh, and then this is, this has just been my go-to, uh, I, I'm trying to do a lot more of the, you know, cardio and stuff like that. So I've been doing a lot of like morning running. And so this has been the, the go-to for it. And that's why that tan line is so aggressive there. Is wow. because uh, is because this is what I've been wearing when I go out and he, it helps. It's got pockets and it's been too hot to wear a long sleeve hoodie, so I got a sh- uh, cut off hoodie so that I could carry I like my, my phone. Sunglasses, pockets. if I knew the glare. From I the, know I'm pasty white right there. Yeah, so it's aggressive. It, it's usually worse. It's usually up to here, but uh, this year we're actually getting you know sort of the tricep covered with sun, so that's good. Well, listen, if anything, I learned today a cautionary tale from Jerry Jones. When you've got a dream team and you're winning uh, with somebody, don't F it up. So I'm not trying to F up our relationship here on this show, Bobby. You are my MVB. Uh, that will never, ever change. And I am excited for a new season. Excited to be hanging out with you again. And thank you so much to our loyal fans who continue to tune in. And, you know, feel free to tweet at us. You've got questions you want answered. We will get to the bottom of them. How could you this up? <laughs> At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary. At Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know that feeling when you walk into your home? Take a deep breath. And feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.